Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. R-I-G-H-T was the, was the word that we broke down, uh, respect, instruction, growth. Last week we talked about hatred, and uh, you'll have to get the podcast on that to, if you weren't here to understand what that meant. And tonight we're going to talk about, honestly, one of my favorite subjects, which is trust. Amen? Now, that might sound crazy because some people have trust issues. Right? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand there. Some people have trust issues. And a lot of times because we have trust issues, we have trust issues with the Lord. And that carries over. And, and God wants us to get to where we trust him totally, all in, total surrender, and not, not relating how we trust people to how we trust God. Okay? How many, how many understand that? So I want to read one of my favorite verses in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And we're going to start off with that. And the Bible says, what does it say there? What's the first word? Trust. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. That's all in, right? With all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. And then if you'll acknowledge him in all your ways, he will direct your paths. These are some of my favorite verses because we can get to a place in our lives where we begin to trust God's plan. Okay, Trust God's plan more than we, under, than we trust our plan. How many have made plans and they failed? Okay, all of us. All of us in here have made plans and failed. How many have had somebody that you trusted fail you? All of us. You know why it's hard to find somebody and impossible to find somebody on this earth that you can trust? Because there's no one perfect. Even if you trust your parents, you trust your spouse, you trust your family, you trust me, you trust people in your life, there's pe- people who are flawed and we're going to make mistakes and, and we're going to fail sometimes even in our best intentions. We're going to make mistakes But God does not fail. And God does not make mistakes. How many are thankful for that tonight? So now with that being said, now ask the person again next to you, do you trust him? Amen? And you got to answer that question. And and not only do I trust him, do I trust him all in, 100%, no doubt, no, no second thoughts. And that's where God wants us to get to that place. Because if you think about the series of right coming out right... And we're believing and trusting that everything we're doing that's right is going to, in the end, work out right. There's a lot of trust that goes on with that. And how many know there's times in our lives where we're going through things we don't understand? Things that don't make sense. Things that don't add up. Things that uh, God is doing that is not how we would do it. How many, I, would, I would venture to say that most of the time, God does things different than I would do it. Very rarely is it like, oh, I would have done it that way. Very rarely is it that way. Most of the time it's like, God, that's the exact opposite of what I would have done. And so you can kind of start to learn that his ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. And the Bible says in Isaiah, greater are his thoughts. So let's look at that one more time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways Acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Write this down if you're taking notes. 
Faith is trusting God. Okay, faith is trusting God even when you don't understand his plan. Faith is trusting God even when you don't understand his plan. And I just told you that's most of the time. Okay, so how many are realizing that a lot of who we are as believers has to do with trust? Trust and belief go hand in hand. They walk together. You cannot have belief without trust. You cannot trust without belief. They're, 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 they're partners. And we have to be able to understand that. And so I want us to, to get a grip tonight, a good understanding of trust. And let's just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to open up our hearts. Father, we ask you tonight to help us to trust you and to not lean on our own understanding, Father. And in all of our ways, acknowledge you and, and then we will be able to see that you will direct our paths. Father, I ask that you'd anoint my words, that you'd help me get out of my mouth what you've put in my heart for tonight. We thank you for uh, this praise and worship. We thank you for the time of prayer and offering. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. Lord, let us leave different. Let us leave with a trust uh, pr- problem gone and just trusting you totally all in with what you have for our lives. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Let me say that again. Faith is trusting God even when you don't understand his plan. I could literally just not preach anymore and just keep quoting that over and over again. And hopefully when you would leave, you would understand faith is trusting God even when you don't understand his plan. Okay? Do I have to keep saying it? You got it? Okay. Faith is trusting God even when you don't understand his plan. I don't have as many years saved as some people in here. I have a lot more saved than some people in here. But I can tell you that one of the five probably most important things I've learned in my life, maybe top three, is learning to trust God. Learning to understand that his plan is different than mine. And and, and, and even when it seems like all hell is breaking loose or it, it seems like God is going in the opposite direction that I'm going or it seems like there's no answer in sight, it seems like there's no hope, I sit back and I say, God, I don't, I don't understand this. I don't know what you're trying to do. I don't know what you want to do. I don't know how you're going to do this, but I trust you. How many want to get to that place in your life where regardless of what you're going through, you trust him? Regardless of if it's good, if it's bad. I mean, we want to be even kill in our faith. God wants us to be in that place. Amen? So faith is trusting God even when you don't understand his plan. Amen. How many trust me tonight as your pastor? Let me see your hands. You trust me? Amen. Everybody? All right. That's dangerous. Amen. But it's good. It's good to trust somebody. I trust my pastor too. Amen. And the reason we can trust a pastor or someone in our life that's godly is because they're seeking the Lord. And they're, they're trying to, to serve God. And that's great. But we understand that the key tonight is that God Even when I fail and when you fail and when we fail, God never fails. Amen? And so as long as our eyes are on the Lord, we're going to be in good shape. I want to give you a quick little visual tonight. I know I had one on Sunday too. Sometimes I get in these modes where I like to do visuals. So I'm going to ask my son in love to come up here and help me out tonight. Amen? Let's give Landon a hand as he comes. I'm going to have you come up here with me. And I want to um, just give you a visual of trust, how important it is to trust God. Amen? So 
how many know in trust it's important that we learn how to follow? Well, they already know you're in trouble. Huh? It's, fun, it's fun to follow instructions, right? So I want to see how good land in trust. So I want you to just, when I make a face, you make this face. Okay, I want you to just do this. Okay, good job, good job. Okay, I want you to put your left hand up like this and your right hand down like this. Okay, left up, right down. Left up, right down. Hey, shake your knees a little bit. Left up, right down. Left up, right down. Left up. Okay, good job. All right, so it looks like he's pretty good at following instructions, right? All right, so I've got two cups here. I'm a little thirsty. I'm going to take a drink of water here. And I'm going to put some, some water in these cups here. Actually, let me, let me test you a little bit more. Come over here and just put your hands out like this. All right? I'm going to put this cup over here in your hand. Just hold it right there like that. Just do exactly like I say. Remember, instructions are very important, okay? You don't want this to go bad. All right. Got two cups. And uh, I'm going to put a little bit of water in these. All right. It's hard to get over there. Big guy. Whoa, I put a lot in that one. Okay. Do you trust me? All right. That's good. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this one right here, okay? Keep going. Yeah, you can put that hand down. Keep this one up. All right. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to follow what I say, okay? I want you to, I'm, you're going to, don't do it yet, but you're going to take that cup and you're going to put it on your head, okay, like this, and hold it there, and then I want you to do a 360 like this, okay? You trust me? Okay. All right. So real slow, put it up there. He's sweating like crazy. You see how much he's sweating? Okay. Now, close your eyes. Real good. No cheating. You trust me? Okay. Now do a 360. Okay. Good. Now bring it back down to where you had it before. Right there. Okay. Why are you shaking? He's kind of shaking a little bit. <laughs> it's heavy. It's heavy. A lot of water in there. Okay. You trust me? Okay. Now what we're going to do is on the count of three, we're, gonna, we're just going to put, put it back and just dump it in our heads. Okay. You trust me? Okay. One, two. Three. Hey, look. It worked out. Good job. Good job. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's trust. Right? How many thought he was going to get wet? Right? Sometimes it seems like we're getting set up. Like it seems like we're, I mean, we're following, we're looking, we're watching, we're like, God, this, this is not going to be good. I'm going to get wet. I mean, that's obvious. I put water in there. You saw me drink mine. Landon didn't. So maybe some of you missed that. When he was spinning, I drank my water in the cup. So I knew there was nothing in mine. Do you realize that God knows what he's doing? And a lot of times, all the time, we don't know what he's doing. And he has a plan and in this situation, me being God, I drank my water. I knew I had no risk in putting that water over my head. But he had risk because he saw me pour the water in the cup. And so he's thinking, yeah, I trust you, but how? How? Think about that. How am I going to dump that back and not get wet? And that's a, a lot of times, we like literally, that's our life. We go through things that we don't understand, that don't make sense, and we get to a place where... He, was, he, he didn't know what was going to happen, but he was like, here's the thing. He was like, I trust him enough 
that if I get, I'm supposed to get wet, I'm supposed to get wet. God will teach me something with that. But if I'm not supposed to get wet, that's even better. And God will teach me something with that. Does that make sense? That's the place God wants us to be at, that whether we get wet or don't get wet, we don't ask questions. He didn't say, why do you want me to dump this on my head? Why? He, didn't, he just said, I said, do you trust me? He said, yes. He followed my instructions. What could God do in our lives if we would get to a place like that where we just follow instructions? Where we just say, he says, do you trust me? And we say, yes, but do we? Do we really trust? And, and the, the bottom line is like on Sunday with that, with that stool, Hope you still have that visual in your head with that stool. Who's sitting on it? A lot of times we say, Lord, I trust you, but we're, we're trying to get on the stool with him. And so it's an attitude of faith. It really is an attitude of faith to trust God. And, and, and the more you find out how his word works and the more you read his word, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and the more you read and the more you study the scriptures and the more you spend time in it the more you get to know that he is a God who cannot lie and cannot fail and doesn't make mistakes and he's perfect and he'll come through okay so trust is here's the definition the firm belief in the reliability the truth the ability or the strength of someone or something Okay, listen to that again. So, so this is the trust we want to have for God, a firm belief. How many want to have a firm trust in God tonight? Not just with your words, but a firm belief. You know, there's that saying that when the rubber hits the road, you know, that when, when things really go down and our faith is really tested, that's when we really show if we really trust God or not. Why do you think God allows us to go through things? Because he can't know our level of trust if he doesn't test us. He can't, allow, he can't know with Abraham and Isaac, as I mentioned Sunday, he couldn't know where Abraham's heart was physically with his actions until he asked his son to take his son up and sacrifice him. Because Abraham could have been saying, like we do a lot of times, God, I love you. I love you, God. I love you, Lord. Don't we do that? We did it tonight. We lifted our hands. We sang. What a great song, by the way. Amen. I, I love how the Holy Spirit works that. Perfect song. You're with me in the fire. You're with me in the flame. I, I know you're there. Amen. And so we trust him with our words a lot of times, and, and we're lifting our hands, and we, we say, God, I know you got this. But then right when he begins to test us and right when the things begin to get difficult, we put our hand back in. Or we put our foot, our, our behind back on the stool. Or we begin to doubt. And God's like, hey, I need all in. I need total surrender. I need complete trust in that this might not seem like it's the right thing right now. This might not seem like this is going like you want it to go. But in the end, right is going to come out right. Amen? Right is going to come out right. How many people in here, I know we got a lot of young converts, a lot of new believers, but how many have been in here long enough to be saved, been saved long enough to know that right will come out right? Let me see your hand. You've been in here, you've been saved long enough to know, not think, but know right will come out right, okay? So here, there's a cool example I was reading. Uh, think about this. I'm going to talk about this man who gave his first paycheck to the Lord. I'm going to read this story. You know, one of the biggest issues we have trust with is money. Right? Right? Isn't money a problem sometimes? We, trust, we have trust issues. Why do you think God asks, as, as Pastor Mario did such a great job at the, altar time, or at the offering time, why do you think God 
asks us for money? Why do you think he asks us to give tithes and offerings? Again, yes, we need it to build a church and do missions. Yes, that's the obvious part. But why do you think he does it? Because he needs to know if we trust him. He needs to know if we trust him with what the Bible says is very important. Because the love of money is the root of all evil, right? So this one man, Craig C., this true story, listen to this, had been an alcoholic for more than a dozen years. He lost everything he had, including his wife and son. Due to his selfishness and addiction, things began to change after he gave his life to Christ. But he still fell back regularly into his old habits. It didn't help that he'd lost his well-paying job and now was working at a local grocery store as a stock boy and all the stocking he was doing was his favorite drinks. After a few years of going back and forth between Christ and the bottle, he finally cut the ties and out of obedience quit that job. Watch this. With no income... And only hope in Christ. How many know that's where God wants to get all of us? With only hope in Christ. Okay? Now let me just throw something in before I finish this story. You can be one or two people. You can be that person that's got to hit rock bottom and be on the ground looking up with one breath left. Or you can be the one that says, Lord, help me learn to trust you without hitting rock bottom. You can choose which one you want. Some people, DC Talk wrote a song a whole bunch of years ago. Some people got to learn the hard way. Some people just got to find out all by themselves. If you want to be that person and you want to hit your head against that wall over and over again, feel free. You can do that. But God will get you to a place where you only have hope in Christ. How many people tonight are praying for someone in your life, family, friends, neighbors, that you're praying that for, their, for them? Lord, any, whatever it takes. Right? Whatever it takes. That's where this man was. That's where this man was. He was at rock bottom. He was in a desperate condition. After an interview with a sheet metal company down the street from his new church, he cried out to God. God, listen to this, if you will give me this job, I will give you my first paycheck. He didn't say he was going to tithe off it. He said, I'll give you the whole paycheck. Surprisingly, he got the job. Craig clearly remembers the day he got his first paycheck. Stacks of bills needed to be paid. Penniless but determined, he endorsed it over to the church and actually walked to the church office without even waiting for Sunday, dropped the check off. He says that was the moment that changed his life because he now understood what it meant to trust God. Amen. The the end of that story is that that was 25 years ago and he is now a manager at that sheet metal company and serves as a leader in his local church. Amen. What did it take? It took him getting to a place of desperation where God stripped everything away from him and said, it's time for you to trust me now. I remember this, this story kind of reminded me, and we're going to go, if you would, uh, to Daniel, the book of Daniel, okay, just for a moment. But as you're getting there, don't, don't, don't stop listening. I remember a story of Pastor Dylan, and this, as I was reading this story, it reminded me of him. And uh, he, he, he and Ashley, when they came into our church 10 years ago, they were, st- they were college students. They, they didn't have jobs yet. They were both broke. 
They were both just barely making it. And I'll never forget the very first time Pastor Dylan came and said, I, I, I know I'm supposed to tithe, and I want to tithe. And he learned that it was 10%, and I'll never, never forget him coming to me with that envelope, and it was for $11. I remember that, $11. He had gotten his first, whatever money it was, wherever it came from, it was his first opportunity, and he came, and he said, here's my tithe, and it was $11. Now, Pastor Dylan went on before he went to go pastor in Tanzania to become an engineer. He went on to make lots of money, six figures, do really well, and be blessed financially. But he started with that, and this isn't a money message, by the way, um, but he started with that, with that, uh, that uh, first $11. But I never forget that after he began to grow in the Lord and he wanted to get a better job, school was ending, and he wanted to get a job quick. How many know when you get out of school, you want to get a job quick in your career? And i never forget him coming to me and telling me, he says, I'm going to apply for a job, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to make a step of faith. And I'm, I'm telling the Lord and I'm telling you that if I get this job, I'm going, to, I'm going to tithe my first entire month of income. Yeah, some of you are like, wait, wait. some of y'all just twitched. His first entire, not, what, not paycheck, month. He says, I, I, that's what the Lord is telling me to do. And I'll never forget, he did. He went to that job interview. He got that job. And I remember him coming to the office. This very, just reminded me of the story. He remember coming to, this, to the office and saying, Pastor, here is my, and giving into the tithe for the church. But he wanted me to pray over it. He said, here's my first month's income. And he gave the whole thing. Isn't that powerful? That's trust. How, how, how awesome would it be if God would get us to a place where he would tell us, hey, I want you to, and listen, I'm just throwing this out as an example. If he would say something to you like that, would you answer? Would you do it? I don't know about you, but I want to be in that place of trust, and I have been in that place. I, I'm not going to get into my stories tonight, but many times in my life, God has told me to give things uh, uh, sacrificially and trust him or, or, or take steps of faith and trust him and, 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 and just say, God, I don't know how in the world. Matter of fact, not many times everything I've ever done has been that way in the ministry. Anybody that's known me long enough knows. Everything's been, Lord, I just trust you. I just know you're going to come through. How many want to live that kind of life? Amen. Will you have that choice or you just have misery? So I, I, I would encourage you to go that route. Let's look at uh, Daniel chapter, chapter 6. Daniel trusted and knew in whom he trusted. Now most of us know these, uh, these verses, but I'm going to read them. We're going to start in verse 10. Now when Daniel, now how many first of all have, have heard the story of Daniel and the lions then? Let me see your hands. Even people who are new believers that are, haven't been saved, I mean, someone who's never even been in church has at least probably heard that, Daniel and the lion's den, okay? And, and, and maybe you're here and you're one of those people that says, I don't even know, I don't really know if that's the truth. I don't really know if Jonah was swallowed by a whale. I don't really know uh, if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into a fire and didn't get burnt. And maybe you're doubting those things, but I believe them. I'm just crazy enough to believe God's word. Because for us, it might not be a lion's den, but we go through things. So Daniel has now, uh, at this point in this story, is just doing what he does. He's just serving God. He's just living for the Lord. And they had said that uh, if you, they made a decree where he lived, and they said if you pray to God, any other God than the king at that time, utter any other word than praise to the king, then you will be put in the lion's den. 
Okay, that was the word and the decree that went out. And it says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, so it wasn't like he didn't know, he went home. And he didn't do what most people would do. He, he didn't say, man, i got to be careful. Let me shut my windows. Let me make sure that I pray. Let me pray, make sure I meditate. And don't say anything too loud. Let me make sure that I don't, I don't speak too loud. Let me make, he, he didn't do that. He says he went into his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem and knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since his early days. He trusted God. Okay? Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and, and spoke concerning the king's decree. and said, have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the lion's den? How many remember when you got saved and you started making some choices and some decisions and all of a sudden the devil started getting mad and the sirens started going off in hell and all kinds of hell started breaking loose because they realized that you were serving God all of a sudden. They're, they're a little bit mad at Daniel here. And the king answered and said, the thing is true. According to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Verse 13. So they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show regard for you, O king, as for the decree that you have signed. But he makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself because he liked Daniel. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Okay? How many know this story? Now we're going to skip down to 17. We're going to see what happens. So just, just a few verses I skipped there that they are important, but not for what I'm trying to show you. So then they, the, the, they, the time comes. It says, a stone was set and brought and laid on the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his signet ring and, and with the signets of those lords, sorry, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now, just stop there for a second. Can anybody imagine the fear? This isn't prison. This isn't like getting stuck in a cell. This is like a cell with three lions in it. Okay, this is a, like another level of prison. And so they're shutting this thing on him. And, and Daniel had to pray when he was praying. So this goes back to when he was praying. He was praying with the windows open and he was trusting God that God was going to take care of him. He wasn't worried about what, what man thought. He wasn't worried about the consequence. How many want to get to that place where you don't worry about the consequence? Doesn't mean fear can't come in. Doesn't mean you can't be a little bit fearful as you do it. Doesn't mean your knees aren't shaking as you do it. But the bottom line is, church, we need to be in a place, especially in the days that we're living in, where we make a stand and we said, this is what the Bible says. And no matter what the world says, and no matter what the government says, and no matter what anybody says, I'm going to serve the Lord and I'm going to live right because I know at the end, right is going to come out right. Amen. Amen. How many want that kind of spirit? They shut that thing, amen? They shut that thing on him. And oh, how awesome. And how, see, when we get to heaven and we, some people, what are we going to do in heaven? What are we going to do for so long? I'm going to sit down with Daniel. I want to hear the story. Right? How many, loved to, how many would love to sit down and hear Daniel? I want to know what Daniel did once they shut that thing. I want to know, like, if the lions just fell asleep or, or if, they, if they played or I want to know. 
Or, or, or if I, don't, I just want to know if, what, what he was singing, what he was doing. I want to know his emotions. I want all that stuff. But the bottom line is they shut that thing. And verse 18 says, now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. This is, in, this is interesting. Sometimes we think people are against us and they might be for us. You don't know who's praying for you. Come on, somebody. You don't know who's praying for you. You don't know who's on your side. You'd think this man was against him. This is the king, and he's at his house fasting and not eating any food, not having the musicians come for him, not sleeping and praying for Daniel. Amen. Then the king arose early in the morning and went in haste to the den. Now, don't change the scripture yet because this is interesting. Went in haste to the den of the lions. This man trusted God more than some of us trust God. I'm not talking about Daniel. I'm talking about the king who did not know God. We, we want to live our lives in such a way that the people around us that don't know God would know God through us. This man, this king, had seen so much faith in Daniel that he actually had an expectancy when he says he rose early in the morning and went in haste. Do you think he would be going quickly and getting there fast if he was going to see a massacre? No. He had something in his heart that told him this God that Daniel trusts is a living God. And I believe that when I get back to that, that, that lion's den, he's going to be alive. He had more faith than we do sometimes. Let's not let the unbelievers outfaith us. Let's not let the unbelievers out-trust us. Come on. Amen? Watch this. Trusting God, let's leave that verse there, starts when you can give up what you want for what you know God wants. Amen? Write that down. Trusting God starts when you can give up what you want for what you know God wants. See, Daniel was praying, amen, Daniel was praying in that, in that place, and he was expecting God to do something. He, he was, and this is where God wants us to be, he wants us to be in a place in our lives where in the moment of distress, in the moment of problem, we're not, we're not just, oh, God came through once it happens, we're having, we're having faith before it happens. Daniel was expecting something to happen, something supernatural to take place, Okay? So trusting God starts when you can give up what you want for what you know God wants. Has anybody learned that what God wants is better than what I want? If you haven't got there yet, you need to get there. Life will be a lot easier. This Christian walk will be a lot easier when you realize that God has better stuff for us than we want for ourselves. But in the moment, it's hard to see. So he came, he got up early and ran quickly to see the den of the lions, verse 20. And when he came to the den... He cried out with a lamenting. So here, here's how you know he had faith because he didn't like say, hey, pull the thing off and let's see. He's talking to someone who should be dead. Y'all here? I know it's Wednesday night and you're tired, but this, this is a good Sunday message. I should have saved this for Sunday. Y'all here? Do you see what I'm saying? He, he's, he shouts out to Daniel. That's faith. That's trust. He, because if he didn't believe he was alive, again, he'd have just said, hey, open it up. Let's see how bad the damage is. Let's see if there's anything left of him. But he shouts out to him and says, the king spoke, Daniel, servant of the living God. 
Has your God, capital G, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you? Now, he's speaking faith because he's expecting someone to answer him. Right? How stupid would it be for him to be sitting there talking to a dead person? He's speaking and he's hoping and he's trusting that this man's going to speak back to him. He says, has he been able to deliver you from the lions? Verse 21. And Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God. Somebody say, my God. God. So you got to get to that place where you say, my God. My God shall supply all my needs. My God is greater than the devil who I'm facing down. My God is bigger than the situation I'm facing. My God is able to deliver me from this problem. My God is able to surround me with angels when I'm in trouble. My God is able to break the chains. My God is able to set me free from an addiction. My God is able to fix my marriage. My God is able to do anything I need him to do, and I trust him. My God, do you trust him? Do you trust him? Hopefully you trust him more than the king did. Because he, he wasn't even a child of God. And he says, God, my God, sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths. So they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. See, this goes back to all the other steps. I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Verse 23, we'll close here. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. And Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no injury whatsoever was found on him because why? Because he trusted in his God. See, trust and belief are the same thing. He trusted in his God. And and, and in the end, church, we're going to all have a story like that. Maybe right now it seems like your story is not going the right way. But you can be sure that at many points along this way, Daniel was having having to face some doubts. But he did the right thing. Do the right thing. Amen? Just keep doing the right thing. Because as I said earlier, faith is trusting God even when you don't understand his plan. Now, one of my favorite, another one of my favorite verses as we close is Job 13, 15. You've heard me quote it a whole bunch of times. He says, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. Though you slay, you know what that means in our terms? Even if you kill me, because God can kill us if he wants to. God could look at us and we could die. He says, God, even if you kill me, he says, God, no matter how this turns out, I will trust you. You know, there's going to be some people, probably a lot of people in heaven that are going to stand before God and had never seen resolved conflict. Pastor Jones told us for many years, you have to learn to live life with unresolved conflict. You're not going to see the answer to everything here. You're not going to see everything pan out. You're going to see some things. And the longer you stay in this, the more you'll see. But there's some things. You're going you're to breathe your last breath or Jesus is going to come back for us. And you're going to I never got the answer to that. And you'll see why and where and how when you stand before God. Job says, though you slay me, though you take my life, I will trust you. And he says, I will defend my own ways before him. 
Amen. God is looking for some men and women here tonight that will trust him. And you know what God does with people that trust him? He says, if you've been faithful with little, if I can trust you with a little bit, then I can give you a lot. So God's looking for some men and women, might be some teenagers, might be some people who've been just saved a short time, long time, no matter who it is, might be some people who on the outside don't look like they got much faith. He's looking for some people that he can trust with resources, with abilities, with favor, with talent, with all kinds of, he's looking. The Bible says, I think Pastor Mario mentioned, the eyes of God are going to and fro. He, he, knows, he sees it all and he's looking, there's somebody I can trust. 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 Let me give him a little more. Yep, there's somebody I can trust. And he's got an abundance of everything we want and everything we need to make it for God. And he's just looking for people who he can trust. But we got to pass the test in the lion's den. We got to pass the test when the decree comes that we're going to go to the lion's den. Amen. Amen. As for me, Psalms 31:14 says, I trust you, Lord. And I say, you are my God. Father, thank you for your word. I trust you. I don't understand everything. Lots of things that go on I don't I don't understand. But I'm not going to go to hell over a mystery. I'm not going to miss out on the things of God because of something I don't understand. I trust your plan. I trust your purpose. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, church, tonight, trust him. You know, I mentioned Sunday, we put our trust in a lot of things. We talked about that roller coaster we get on. We trust that that roller coaster is not going to throw us off it at 90 miles an hour. Why do we have so much trust issues with God? The reason many times is, is because we try to relate God to people. People fail us. People make mistakes. People fall short. But God is not a person that he should lie. God is perfect. And he's got a plan for you. And somebody in this place tonight is growing in their trust with God right now. Somebody in this place tonight is getting a word from God. And you're going to get to a place. Listen, I make a, I make a lot of mistakes in faith. I know I fall short a lot of times on what God wants me to do, what I, God wants me to be. But I know I can tell you, one, and I'm not perfect, but I can tell you one thing. I trust God. I trust him. I can get to a place where I'm in a, in a horrible situation or a horrible uh, problem or, or, or things seem like it's never going to happen. And I just say, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. I want, I want God to have my heart. God wants to have your heart. He wants, he wants you to be in such a place of trust that, that nothing shakes you. I'm not saying for a moment. You're going to have moments you get shook. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when you, when you get over your little angry temper tantrum, when you get over your little crying, when you get over your little whining, when you get over all the little things we do when we're facing a situation, you, you, you go to bed that night and say, God, I, I'm sorry for whining and crying and shouting, but listen, Lord, as I lay my head down on this pillow, I trust you. I don't understand this. I don't understand what's going on, but I trust you. I don't see you working, God. Where are you at? But I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Though you slay me. He says, though, though everything goes the wrong direction and nothing works out like I want it to work out, I 
trust you. How many in this place tonight don't know Jesus? All over this place. Jesus has never been Lord. Daniel knew his God. Do you know God? Do you trust him? Do you trust him? How many in this place this, tonight could say, Pastor, I need Jesus to come into my life and I need him to transform me. I need him to change me. I need him to, to give me a new hope. I've been running too long. Tonight's my night. I'm going to make Jesus Lord. If that's you, just put your hand up. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Here I am. I want to trust. I want to put my, I put my trust in a lot of things, but tonight I'm going to put my trust in God. How many? All over this place. Do you have trust issues in here tonight? Not asking you to raise your hand here, but do you have trust issues? God can fix them. God wants, God, God wants you to know that those people who did you wrong, those people who, who, have, who have affected your trust is not God. Those people who, who you've seen over and over fail you, God doesn't do that. God's love, God's perfection, God's a redeemer. And when someone is doing right and someone's leading you right and things are, then, then that, they have that relationship. But even when people fail you, you say that, you know what? Though you slay me, God, though everything goes wrong, God, I'm still going to trust you because God's plan is perfect. His ways are perfect. Amen. I believe God's going to heal some hearts. I believe some people in here tonight are going to walk out of here with a whole new trust in God. A whole new trust in what God can do in our, in our lives. As we stand tonight all across this place. I, I know, I don't believe, I know some people in here, I'm not saying that I know personal, personally, I know personally, I just know in general. There are people who have trust issues. And you're allowing that to affect your relationship with God. If you read the book of Daniel, Daniel had lots of reasons to have trust issues. Just like everybody does. We all have reasons to have trust issues. There's not one person in here tonight who has not had someone do them wrong. There's not one person here tonight who has not had a situation take place, whether it's a few or a lot, where it's broken your trust. It wasn't God. It wasn't God. It's not God. Don't put that on God. Because as a matter of fact, like Casey was talking about at prayer, that's the stuff that Jesus went to the cross for. For those things that someone did to you, that's why Jesus went to the cross, to break that to disarm the devil. All the devil can do is bark. He cannot bite. He has no teeth. He's been disarmed. Amen? I know that inside of you, you want to trust. It goes back to Sunday. Sunday and tonight go hand in hand. Total surrender. God says, I want you to trust me. Another visual I could have done is when you have somebody stand behind you and you say, fall. How many, know, how many know no matter how strong that person is or who it is, when someone tells you to fall, it's hard. Right? Have you ever done that? Anybody want to do it? Stand in front of somebody, say, fall. And no matter how much you trust, I mean, as, you, as you're starting to let go, 
it's hard to not put a foot back because we're humans. God wants us to totally surrender, open our arms, and fall. And then that's with him behind us. But what about the times he's in front of us? And he's 10 feet back. And he says, fall back. And we say, God, but you're over there. Because we think God can only be in one place at one time. And he's over there. And you see him over there. And he says, I want you to fall. I want you to trust me. And he wants us to fall back on faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Substance of things hoped for. The, the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Trust. As we open up the altars, we're going to sing that song we sang in the very beginning. And we're going to, as they're singing, spend some time just simply saying to the Lord simple words. Lord, I want to trust you. I trust you. Release that. Release it. Is this is just as if you would let yourself go back? Trust Him. Release yourself. Release hurts. Release pain. Release doubts. Because in the end, I can tell you, I promise you, right is going to come out right. Amen. Here's one last thought for you before we open the altar and begin to sing. Man says, this is, I love that, I love this quote. It's one of my favorites. Man says, show me. And I'll trust you. Right? That's what we show me. I'll, I'll trust. If you show me, I'll trust you. God says, trust me, and I'll show you. Everything he does is, is the opposite of what we would do. We want him to show us. We want him to, we want, we want the water to turn to concrete before we step. And God says, No, I need you to step, and trust me that it'll be concrete when you step. And you will only go as far tonight in your walk and you will only fulfill your destiny as much as you trust God. Amen. Let's open up these altars tonight. Let's find a place. Let's spend some time. Let's talk to the Lord. Release trust.